Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95-7 The Game. Ty Jerome with a dribble. Backs up five to shoot. Calls up Lamb. It's your all-two-way pick and roll here. As Jerome pulls up for a jumper and hits a 20-footer. Looks over at the Warrior bench as I can do this. Oh, I, he's good. I, he, he's a regular. All right, so some solid minutes there from Ty Jerome, but uh, if that's the highlight we're playing coming into this one, I think it pretty much tells the story of the kind of night that it was for the Warriors, and it was ugly uh, for the most part at Madison Square Garden as the Knicks beat the Warriors tonight, 132-94, to as they uh, led by as many as the 38-point margin that is the final in this one. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you. Uh, 888-957-9570, That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text if you want to react to this one as the Warriors get thumped. Never led in this game. Uh, it was tied only once, and the Knicks end up uh, turning a game where the Warriors were, were competitive in stretches, although it felt like the game, for the most part, hung between 8 and about 18 points uh, in terms of the margin for the Knicks. Uh, but it was 32-13 in the fourth quarter as uh, the Warriors found themselves down 8 after 1, down 13 at the half. Uh had a chance maybe to make it a close game in the third quarter, but just couldn't hit a shot at the beginning of that quarter. And then the Knicks push it up to 18 at that point where it lived going into the fourth quarter. And the Warriors, Steve Kerr, gave it a final push. Top of the fourth quarter had Draymond Green and Klay Thompson both in the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the Knicks scored the first eight points. And from then on, it was basically all of the Warrior youngsters all playing together, and that it, in and of itself, while experience necessary for the young dubs, it was a rough, rough watch and shows you how far the second half of that timeline just has to go for the Warriors. Uh, and you know, it, it, <laughs> we're talking about a team that thinks they can win a championship if they can get Steph Curry back and the two timelines and all of that. Uh, but the second timeline in that fourth quarter against a Knicks team that was very hot and playing well, eight consecutive wins, uh, just goes to show how far uh, the, the Warriors' young players really have to go to, to be contributors on their own, obviously to be contributors, hopefully, in the context of a team that can win some games here once they get relatively healthy. The ask isn't as great uh, as it was for them to just get out there and, and get their feet wet and play uh, in an NBA game on a, on a national stage. But uh, ugly is the word of the night overall for the Warriors as they lose this one and now dip to one and four on the road trip and with the loss tonight also fall 
uh, back to a couple of games under 500. So 15 and 17 now for the Warriors, 3 and 15 away from Chase Center as well, and 1 and 4 on this road trip, which will conclude in Brooklyn tomorrow uh, as the Warriors uh, back to the hotel in New York City. And uh, they'll they'll head on the bus tomorrow and, and take on the Brooklyn Nets second of the back to back in the sixth game of nine nights to close out this road trip. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero more of the same things that have plagued the Warriors. Uh, Nick's able to get to the free throw line tonight. 32 times the Warriors outscored at the free throw line, uh, out attempted by 19 and out out made at the free throw line by 13. The Knicks, a team that typically doesn't shoot the three ball well, they shot the three ball really well tonight at over 40%, 17 of 40 overall. Big nights from Quentin Grimes from deep. Jalen Brunson hit a couple, but uh, Emmanuel quickly uh, five of six from three-point range, and, and the Knicks uh, able to out-hit the Warriors from three, 17 to 12. And I know they were talking about it on the TV side, the fact that the Warriors do not have a win in a game where they make 12 or fewer three-pointers. And uh, the Warriors tonight playing woefully shorthanded again without uh, Stephen Curry, and, and they lost Deontay DiVincenzo, who's been a big part of the Warriors' success since returning from injury. Uh, when they've had him... Uh, it's it's been a real key, uh, and so but you took DiVincenzo away, you took Jamichael Green away, and it it felt like this was going to be a tough ask for for the Warriors tonight. Uh, when you look at the the top seven in the rotation, and you don't have Steph, and you don't have Wiggins, and now you don't have DiVincenzo, so that's three of the the top seven that aren't out there. And then straight up, Jordan Poole and and Clay Thompson were not good tonight uh, in this one. Thought they both forced the action a lot uh, and, and played a little bit out of control uh, in, in this one, uh, especially early on, knowing that the burden was going to be on them as it is going to be without Wiggins and, and without Steph on a lot of these nights to, to score. And they're going up against a, a good defensive team in the Knicks and they weren't hitting shots early. And uh, the, the turnovers also became problematic uh, a night where the Warriors end up with 20. The, the overall total wasn't terrible throughout the course of the night, but the Warriors give up 36 points off the 20 turnovers. So they just get eviscerated there as well. 36 points, that's a ton of points to, to give uh, off the turnovers. The Knicks had their way in the paint to the tune of, of scoring 50 and uh, really in every way uh, dominated this game over uh, the shorthanded Warriors. And uh, you just see again where you know, as, as far as the young guys, and, and tonight's not on the young guys by any stretch of, of the imagination, but the young guys are part of the equation for the Warriors right now. And you know, tonight is just another example of how the young players for the Warriors, when they are asked to do more, when they are asked to contribute in circumstances that aren't just minuscule and specific and in the context of everybody else among the veterans being present and accounted for and holding their role, they're, they're just not capable at this point to play significant minutes and, and help this team get a win against a good team and get a win against a good team that's hot right now uh, and get a good team, uh, get a win against a good team that's hot right now on the road. Uh, I mean, the Warriors are having a hard time winning road games with everybody 
and now you start taking pieces of the main rotation away and, and basically playing with half your main rotation guys, uh, either three of the seven or four of eight if you want to count Jamichael Green. Bottom line, Jamichael Green at this point is probably the eighth man in Steve Kerr's mind in that rotation. You can quibble about whether it's him or Kaminga, but uh, just not much happening for the young guys uh, in this one uh, as well. Uh, as you know, Kaminga, uh, you know, better night for him, I guess, scoring. But I think this is the third, fourth game in a row where he just has not had the impact that he's had in prior games. Moses Moody got the start, knocked down some threes uh, in this one. I think that was good to see. And uh, Wiseman in his uh, 22 minutes, good for him to be able to get out there and, and get uh, 22 minutes. But uh, you're really seeing just what a struggle it is right now for James Wiseman whenever they really aren't asking him to run pick and roll on offense and whenever they ask him to do essentially anything on defense. I thought, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein late and it was garbage time, but uh, I, I thought really the statement of the night as far as James Wiseman's play was Hartenstein just just going right at him for an offensive board late and then just throwing it down over the top of him. I mean, that just... Uh, you know, kind of an unfortunate, embarrassing, but uh, welcome to the NBA, and you got a ways to go, even as a backup center, kind of a moment uh, for for James Wiseman. But at this point, I, I guess on a night where the Warriors lose by 38, it's a scenario where just getting out there and taking those lumps for James Wiseman are, are a part of the deal, and, and you hope he's able to to learn from it and grow and and continue to maybe play better basketball uh, because of it. But, uh, yeah, I think you see tonight where some momentum coming off of the Toronto game, and we talked about it a lot on Sunday night here on Warriors Wrap-Up, how, hey, the Warriors can maybe win a few games here and there if they can get everybody in lockstep except for Curry. It's one thing to have Curry out, and we all know how much this team struggles with Steph off the floor or out of the lineup completely. Uh, but I think the game Sunday was sort of the template for how it has to look with Jordan Poole going off and doing it efficiently and Clay Thompson playing a nice floor game and Draymond being the engine, both you know offensively and defensively. And then you start to carve out some roles for some of the other players. Dante DiVincenzo was a glue guy. Jamichael Green played very well in that game on Sunday. And now you just start taking a couple of the guys away that really helped get that win and stabilize the team in Toronto. And it, it just, unfortunately right now, it, you know, a game like tonight felt like a lost cause before it even started, which, uh, you know, it's one thing to lose. It's one thing to know you're going to take your lumps if you're the Warriors in this time without Steph Curry. But the one thing that I think makes it, you know, unacceptable to watch and really tough if you're a Warriors fan right now is just how, badly they are being dominated in significant stretches uh, of of these games here. Just uh, ugly, ugly stuff. Knicks shoot 52% from the floor, 42-5 from three, six players in double figures for New York, and, and all basically doing it uh, in an efficient, efficient manner. And uh, the Warriors are going to have to try and find a, a way to rebound. And, and we'll see what happens as far as tomorrow goes with the second of the back-to-back -back against a, a Brooklyn team that's been, by some measures, even hotter than the Knicks have been. The Knicks now with their eighth consecutive win. Brooklyn has won 13 of their last 16. 
uh, go and and they're a team that's all the way up to fourth in the Eastern Conference, six in a row, thirteen to their last sixteen. They're nine and one in their last ten. They're nineteen and twelve off of what was a, a really really rough start. So uh, you you look at it and it it's going to be a, a formidable foe tomorrow and a team overall having a better year than, than the Knicks. But, yeah, you look at the, the Knicks and the Nets, a combined winning streak right now of 14 going on uh, in New York. And so a tough, tough challenge. Uh, more offensively, the challenge tougher for the Warriors tomorrow uh, with the Nets than you know, you'd think defensively is, is where the Knicks are going to put their imprint on the game. But the Knicks just had their way with the Warriors in, in this one offensively as well and now you look ahead at well who's going to be back are you going to have to play that game without Dante DiVincenzo and without Jamichael Green Andrew Wiggins is doubtful it would make a lot of sense to not play Wiggins tomorrow with three more days to go before the Warriors homestand begins on Sunday which is Christmas against the Grizzlies and you know you're not going to have Clay Thompson on the second of a back-to-back as he doesn't play in the back-to-backs coming off the injury rehab, and, and he's been dealing with some knee soreness that's had him on the injury report these last couple of games. So no Clay Thompson tomorrow. And at that point, if all of those other guys are going to be out, the question then becomes, does, does Draymond even play, and is it the, even the best course of action for Draymond to play? And you know I've maintained that it's always – you know, better for this Warrior squad to have Draymond out there. But at this point, tomorrow, if none of these other guys are going to play at the end of a trip where you salvaged a win to to make your worst-case scenario three games under, even if you drop tomorrow, I think you could make the case to not play Draymond tomorrow, believe it or not, and just lick your wounds and get through the next three days, get back to the Bay, and then at three under 500, try to do the best you can to win as many games as you can to hold this thing up on the homestand, which is going to feature you know, kind of a mixed bag. The Grizzlies are going to come in, and they're obviously going to be out for blood uh, for the Warriors, but then you know, some winnable games. The Hornets and Jazz are in. The Blazers are in right before the, the new year. It's, it's not, a, it's not uh, an, an easy homestand by any stretch, especially when you start talking about the Warriors playing without Steph Curry. The Hawks are coming in, but uh, a lot of middling – type teams in both the West and the East and then the Pistons and Magic two of the bottom feeders but are they're playing a little bit better of late especially the Magic and then you wrap it up with the Suns so it's a it's a mixed bag over that stretch of what would be uh, essentially a, a two plus week homestand where the Warriors would would not leave eight games to be played over what would be what 17 days and but you know not easy by any stretch especially because it's probably going to be entirely without Steph Curry. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment as Steph was on the TNT broadcast and addressed when he might return, and it's very much in line with, I think, what we all had expected, although there hadn't been any official timeline set to Steph, but you're not going to want to miss what he had to say as far as that goes. Uh, so we'll hear that for you. We'll hear from Steve Kerr between now and uh, keep it rolling until 8 o'clock here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, but your phone calls, your text messages, we'll get to them coming back here. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Tough one for the Warriors tonight as the Knicks dump them. 132 to 94. We'll be back right here on 957 the game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Brunson comes back the other way. Three on two, down the lane. Nobody stopped ball, took the shot, no good. Rebound loose, Thompson gets it. He's got Poole on his right. No look, bounce pass. Poole glides in and scores. 19 to 17. Best fast break for the Warriors on the road trip right there. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. One of the bright spots. For the Warriors tonight, Tim Roy, Jim Barnett on the call from Madison Square Garden. We welcome you back in here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you here until 8 o'clock tonight, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here. We've got a few text messages to get to uh, on the program. We'll also hear a little bit from Steph Curry as he addressed the timeline for his return on the TNT broadcast tonight. I know locally the TNT feed was was blacked out if you're watching the game on, on television. Uh, and so you may not have gotten a chance to, to see what Steph had to say on that broadcast. So we'll, we'll play it for you so you can at least hear it if you didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, also, 888-957-9570. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Kerr and Kevon Looney from the Warriors 
press conference room inside Madison Square Garden. 132-94 is the final. So the Warriors now 15-17, and 1-4 and on the trip, 3-15 and 15 on the road, and the second of the back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets coming up tomorrow. Uh, what do the Warriors do there uh, as it looks like Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green potentially unavailable again due to illness. Clay Thompson is not going to play. Steve Kerr did say that. We'll, we'll give you that in front of when we play Coach Kerr. Uh, no Clay tomorrow, and Andrew Wiggins not completely ruled out, but doubtful. And I think that makes a lot of sense with the three off days. You don't want to do anything to to reaggravate that adductor injury to where he has to miss time on the homestand, where the Warriors are are going to really have to make up some ground. And you know, I was talking about it. I know it, it's been discussed just I think because the Warriors have had such a disparity home and away as if this homestand is just going to be kind of a in some ways a cure-all and you know look tonight was really the first night during the game because there wasn't a lot going on in the game that was going to be all that beneficial to to discuss frankly Uh, but I started looking at the homestand a little bit and it's not easy. It's I mean, you'd think that, you know, the the worst four or five teams in the East are coming in and, you know, the Rockets are coming in. That, that's just not the case. Uh, it, it starts with the Grizzlies, who you know are going to want to embarrass the Warriors in front of the national audience without Steph Curry. You know, they, they have a, a Warrior obsession, unlike, I think, any other team in the NBA to this point. And they are now at the top of the Western Conference, talking about the Grizzlies, who uh, did lose in Oklahoma City the other night, but they are 19-10, and 10, which is good enough for the top spot currently in, in the Western Conference. So you, you know what that game's all about on, on Christmas, and of course the Warriors are going to be fired up for that one uh, as well. But then you, you start to fast forward through. Uh, the Hornets won last night in Sacramento, and yeah, they're 8-23, I believe, but but they just got Gordon Hayward back. They just got LaMelo Ball back, and you know they are a, a team that you know it's going to be toward the end of a, of a long trip, but, but this is not the team that was struggling mightily without their players. They lost Terry Rozier, but, but this is a team that already beat the Warriors once with Steph Curry and, again, has got a couple of their best players back into the fold. Then you've got Utah, who beat the Warriors a couple of weeks back in, in Salt Lake City, when the Warriors were shorthanded and they blew that lead late. I think Utah's a favorable matchup for the Warriors. Portland is a team that the, the Warriors, uh, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, that's that's another team middle of the pack that's playing you know, pretty well. If Damian Lillard's rolling without Steph, I mean, that's, that's no picnic either. And the Hawks can be the same depending upon who's in and who's out with, with Trey Young. Uh, and then you've got the Pistons and the Magic, and the Magic have been hot. The Magic just won in Boston two games consecutively. <laughs> over the last week here. Uh, and so the Pistons have won in Denver and, and Salt Lake City. Uh, and then the Suns, who are banged up themselves currently, but you're not playing the Suns for a couple of more weeks. No Booker tonight for the Suns. They're getting beat by Washington. But uh, what I'm getting at is that homestand is not going to be a cure-all unless the Warriors figure some things out and, and figure some things out without Steph. Why without Steph? Uh, well, because Steph addressed the timeline for his injury and possible return on the TNT broadcast tonight. Uh, So let's hear what Steph had to say. I don't think there's anything too surprising here, but uh, I wanted to play it and react to it. So here's Steph. 
This is an interesting one just because I haven't had a, a, an injury like this to the shoulder. And so it's kind of a wait and see approach. I'm still in the early healing process, so I'm nowhere near even like picking up a basketball yet. It'll be it'll be a few weeks. I think it maybe into the new year and I'll start to kind of key in on uh, Tom Long from there. All right, so there you go. And and the you know, key point uh, as far as Steph goes, still early in the healing process, nowhere near picking up a basketball yet. It'll be a few weeks, I think maybe till the new year, and then I'll start to key in on a timeline after that. So that that pretty much had taken Steph for his own words right there. I mean, you can say, all right, get to about January the 2nd, and then he starts to work his way back up to a return. And and working your way back up to a return is probably another week to week and a half minimum. If you're just establishing a timeline at that point, it might even be a little bit longer than that. So I'm reading into it at this point. And again, this is not coming from the Warriors necessarily, but it's coming directly from Steph as we just play the cut. I'm reading that as he ain't playing on this homestand. And again, I don't think that's anything necessarily new. I, I think the question becomes, though, once he gets to the new year, as Steph says, how long? You know, is it is it a couple of weeks after that? You know, is it is it to the point where all right, it's fully healed? You start picking up a basketball for a few days, and then you start ramping up your conditioning. Like the question I have it isn't about the homestand, which ends on January the tenth. It's more. Is he able to play at the beginning of what is another long road trip? The Warriors wrap it up the six-game roadie, then they got the eight-game homestand. Then they go back out on the road for five more in the middle of January. San Antonio and Chicago, Washington. They go to Boston and Cleveland before they come home, and then they have another home stretch after that toward the the back end of, of January. But the question at this point is, if Steph can start getting it rolling around New Year's, is 10, 11 days enough to put him back on the floor for the beginning of that road trip uh, in San Antonio on, on January the 13th? And if not, I think that makes the Warriors extra vulnerable even on that trip where they are going to play Chicago and Washington who are some, some underwhelming teams. San Antonio, I think, has the worst roster in the National Basketball Association, but then Boston and Cleveland at the end. Uh, obviously, the Celtics had been the best team in the NBA up until the last week and a half, two weeks, where they have struggled, and Cleveland has played very well after you know, getting off to the great start. Then they struggled a little bit, and now they're back to playing excellent basketball as, as well of late. So uh, I think in, in here in Steph, and uh, you know, let's go ahead and run it one more time again. And and I, I, and here in Steph, I think homestand off the table, and then kind of wait and see as far as trip. Let's let's hear Steph one more time. This is an interesting one, just because I haven't had a, a an injury like this to the shoulder, and so it's kind of a wait and see approach. I'm still in the early healing process, so I'm nowhere near even like picking up a basketball yet. It'll be it'll be a few weeks. I think it maybe into the new year, and I'll start to kind of key in on a timeline from there. To key in on a timeline uh, after the new year, and yeah, a few weeks. So if you're just on the few weeks, few is more than two. Few, few is typically three uh, when you start to, to get into that. So one, I'm looking at it on the calendar right now. Three weeks is is the end of that homestand. So again, I think right now a reasonable potential early target hope 
date for Steph Curry and a return would be the beginning of that road trip on January the 13th at San Antonio. Uh, and so we'll see. Not saying that's what it would be, but it feels like that's the earliest, most likely potential target opportunity for Steph to be back. That means the Warriors have nine more games minimum without Steph Curry, eight of them at home where they've played very well. But again, no picnic as as we lay out uh, the what lies ahead for the Warriors here after the ball game tomorrow in Brooklyn. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up a ninety five seven. The game one thirty two ninety four is the final tonight in favor of the Knicks as uh, they get their eighth straight win. Beat the Warriors for the first time. Uh, after dropping eight consecutive games. Warriors hadn't lost at the Garden since 2013, and so they they lose tonight there. That gets busted up. We'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up momentarily. Let's get to the Xfinity mobile text line. A couple of text messages to get to. 510 gets us tipped off here on the text line. The only thing the Warriors youngsters are learning is how much more valuable Curry and Wiggins are than everyone else on the team, including Clay and Draymond Green. And, uh, yeah, I, hard to hard to argue that at this point. I mean, Draymond's important. We saw his importance in Toronto on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, I think, has become probably the Warriors' second or third most important player. I still think Draymond is the second most important player after Steph just because of his connectivity to Steph and the way those two play the two-man game together on offense and Draymond keeps the tempo moving on offense and the ball movement, a lot of that hinges on Draymond's IQ. So I think Draymond, he's the one player I think most responsible for the, the overall game and flow and pace and everything. It, it's on offense with the ball movement, and then he is the anchor defensively. He is the the glue, the motor, the engine on the defensive side. So I, I think Draymond is the second most important player in that respect. I think Wiggins is is 2A. Uh, three, I mean, he, he is a more important player now in my mind, than Clay Thompson. I think it's been that way for a while because really, you know, for the most part, Clay's just going to get his shots up. You hope he doesn't shoot himself out of the game. You hope if it's a cold night for Clay, he keeps the ball moving, which I think is something that's stalled out here as the Warriors have become more injured and shorthanded, and there's been more of an onus on Clay to, to, to carry some offensive weight, I think. To this point, you know, that's that's gotten Clay off of his mark, feeling he's got to do too much a little bit. But yeah, Wiggins is important because Wiggins is young and he is impactful on both ends. He gets the Warriors tough twos. He gets some corner threes. He defensively guards the, the toughest uh, opponent on, on the other side on, on defense. And so, you know, it gives you two really, really strong defenders with Wiggins and Draymond out there and, and Looney being stable. So yeah, I think without a doubt, I mean, Andrew you know, Curry is missed. We all know that. Uh, Wiggins has been especially missed. 831 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Disappointed with the young guys tonight. Moody appears to have a low motor combined with a lack of assertiveness. Uh, the Warriors must have known in practice or scrimmage is that Wiseman would have a tough time. Uh, and it's glaring how bad he is. Yeah, Wiseman, it's just rough. It's just rough anytime he's got to play right now. And, I, you know, you can see why. He was not playing. You can also see why at some point the Warriors decided that playing him in the G League would be more beneficial than 
having him up and not playing with the with the big club. As far as Moody having a low motor, I, I don't think Moody has a low motor. I just think Moody's kind of a plotting player. He just does not, you know, he he was billed as a three and D guy, a guy that was physical, could maybe guard up, uh, you know, guard threes and and even you know guard twos and guard threes, but. I think it's it's more of a quickness issue with Moody, and then his shot hasn't consistently been there. I know he's about thirty seven or so percent from three, I think, coming in tonight. But uh, he's just he's a little bit more of a plotter, I think, which makes it difficult at times for him to play against against quick quicker players and and against slashers. But I'm not going to say Moody has a, a low motor by any stretch. I think sometimes he fouls because he isn't quick enough to move his feet and stay in front. And the turnovers are something that you know he, he's not a handler. He's just not a ball handler. He's basically a he's a catch and shoot or a catch and one move and try and drive at that point or get the ball off a cut and make a layup. Like he's just he's not a, a go get your own offense uh, kind kind of a guy. Five one zero Kaminga making a lot of mistakes defensively tonight. Yes, sir <laughs> or ma'am. Uh, it, absolutely making a, a lot of mistakes defensively tonight. And uh, Kaminga hasn't played well. Let, let's be honest. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has not played well. I think going back first half of the Indiana game, he wasn't, he was kind of invisible in uh, Philadelphia. He, he, you know, didn't play a lot in Toronto and the Warriors benefited from that going with more of the veterans and the two-way guys. And it, it got him a win. And I think that's that's part of the the, the, the ups and downs of a, a young player, even a guy as talented as Kaminga. I know every time Kaminga has a good game or two, everybody thinks it's time for him to start playing 25, 30 minutes a game. And he's shown you these last three or four games why that's not the case. Uh, the 415, do you think the Warriors paid Jordan Poole too much? Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen at this point. I think the reason they paid him was because they felt that he could soak up nights like tonight and nights where Clay Thompson isn't playing. Like to me, it was twofold. It was, it was his time to get paid. They wanted to lock in a number to, to make him tradable moving forward. Uh, I don't think they wanted him to play like somebody that was chasing the money this year. I think they thought that wouldn't be beneficial talking about the, the Warriors, but I, you know, too much, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't know that it's too much necessarily. Cause I don't think if you had gone any less, Jordan Poole probably says, I'm not taking the deal. And then you end up in restricted free agency, which certainly is a way, you know, you could have waited it out and allowed for another team to make Jordan Poole an offer sheet, you know, an offer, and then you match it or decline it at that point. But you probably would have ended up paying him about what you were what you're paying him now regardless. I think you speed the process up now by getting it done, and then you know for this offseason, once that contract kicks in, uh, that you can put him in some kind of a trade package if you want to bring other players back. So I'm I'm okay with it. But again, part of the reason why you pay him what you paid him was because you believe in his ability to step in with Steph and with Clay out and to fill some of the void offensively of the, the numbers that uh, that would you know that, that that have been lost when when one of those guys are are, are not uh, around. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. 
888-957-9570. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, 510, Wiseman looked fine tonight. I don't know what game you're watching. Wiseman did not look fine tonight. He looked, I thought, lost defensively other than the one block that he had. I thought Hartenstein abused him physically on that offensive rebound and dunk. I, I thought he looked out, out of place offensively, like he didn't know where to be on the floor if he wasn't running a pick and roll. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think James Wiseman was, was, was good tonight by, by any stretch uh, of the imagination. And, you know, that again, he's at a point where this, this is year three and he hasn't played a lot and he's been injured. And the Warriors, I think, to a certain extent, have hidden him a little bit because he does, he knows doesn't help him as far as playing with the veterans, but they're also trying to play him a little bit when other guys are out. And, and tonight was just a night by necessity that he was going to have to play. He didn't have to necessarily play a lot. Ended up playing the 22 minutes because of the blowout. But, you know, I, I, I guess the minutes are beneficial for Wiseman, but, no, he, he was definitely not – not good uh, in, in this game tonight. All right, let's hear a couple of minutes of Steve Kerr uh, at as he addressed the media at Madison Square Garden. Warriors lose by 38 tonight. It was a rough one. Here's the head coach. Didn't play well at all. Knicks are, are in a good groove right now. Totally outplayed us. I think the, the toughest thing is to try to win a game when you give up 19 more free throws and 13 more field goal attempts. It's virtually impossible. So I think that's the uh, that's the the, uh, the thing we've got to try to correct is, you know, that if, if there's that kind of disparity in the possession game, um, you've got to shoot about 75% to win. So they took it to us. Coach, is this a situation where you guys are kind of treading water right now without stepping some of the other guys? Yeah, we sank tonight. But we're, yeah, we're trying to hang in there, and we will. And... Um, Another another game tomorrow. They made six more I thought it, we weren't physical enough in the first half, and uh, as a result, um, they were getting to loose balls and uh, rebounds, offensive rebounds. So a lot of their their three point shots were really clean looks. Um, we started out the third quarter much better. We were really physical, got into them, you know, got five or six stops in a row. Uh, but just couldn't make a shot. You know, we felt like we had a chance there to 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 really uh, climb right back in it. We couldn't get anything to go, and then they got a couple shots down, and uh, we lost our our spirit. And I took the time out. I think we were down 18 at that point. And you know, if if we could have converted a, a few times, it's an eight point game instead, and we're right there. So I thought that was a key key part of the game. But overall, you know, they they shot the the lights out and. Um, out rebounded us, took care of the ball. They did everything better. Were you, I guess, surprised that you know you played your youth in the fourth quarter? They're obviously very young, but it didn't seem like much juice from that group in the fourth. Did that surprise you? Look, I, these guys are. These young guys are working their butts off every day in practice. And, um, you know, it, I want them, we all want them to have success. And um, so it's tough to see, you know, when things don't go well. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, we, we got to keep our energy and our spirit up. But look, it's, you know, it's not, not an easy position to be in. And, um, you know, they're all uh, so raw, so young that, uh, you know, they're not ready yet to, to figure out how to get each other shots. And, um, you know, it's, um, 
it's just a tough situation for for them to be in and um you know i'm just asking them to keep working and reminding them that things will get better i thought we got a little loose um you know in the first half we needed jordan to to have a big game and and we needed clay to score and, and um I, I thought both guys got a little bit uh, out of control in the first half, just trying to do too much. Um, they knew this, the scoring burden they were going to have to take on, but you know, it's kind of what I talked about after the, uh, the game the other night. Um, less is more for those guys because they draw so much attention. If they can just um, get off the ball, uh, other things are going to open up. There were just a few possessions in there where I thought they were trying a little bit too hard and they both ended up with uh, some turnovers and, um, but you can't can't fault the effort. What's the general tone you're trying to set in terms of having to survive this, whether it's just get through it, or, or how do you calibrate for a time like this, knowing that it's out, knowing where you guys have already worked, how much we're starting to play? Well, you know, we had a great effort two nights ago. We've um, we, we know we can play well. I thought we we missed Dante and Jamichael um, a lot tonight. Both guys have been playing well for us and. Uh, you know, when you're already down several key guys, um, you, you know, you, you need vets and, uh, you know, our, our vet bench guys who have been um, been there and done that uh, both out sick tonight. And so it, it was, uh, you know, let's let's wait and see, you know, we get those guys back and get um, get a little more healthy. Maybe we get wigs back, um, you know, the next game or the game after and um, rally the troops. And, you know, hopefully, you know, this is uh, this is one we can. Just forget about. It's doubtful, you know. Um, I was actually thinking about the next home game, um, so it's very doubtful he would play tomorrow. You know, given that we have three days, four days, um, you know, before that Christmas game, it makes sense to to uh, keep him out just to g give him a few more days to be be sure that that he's ready to go. You decided on play yet tomorrow? Uh, Clay won't play tomorrow. Yeah, an obvious one there. No Clay Thompson tomorrow. I know he's hinted that at some point he wants to play back-to-backs, or Steve Kerr, rather, has hinted that at some point Clay Thompson might play back-to-backs. I'm making the assumption that, that Clay has pushed for that a little bit. Wouldn't be surprising, although nothing official on that front. But uh, with him popping up on the injury report with some knee soreness of late and playing through it, uh, yeah, no need for Clay to be playing tomorrow, second of, of the back-to-back. -back. Take the night, take the three that lead up to the holiday and Christmas on Sunday and the Warriors beginning that eight-game homestand and get ready to roll. As far as I'm concerned, do the same thing with Wiggins. No need to rush him back. And uh, as critical as I've been of, hey, Draymond needs to play every single night, if the Warriors wanted to, to tell Draymond to take the night off or if Draymond wanted to take the night off tomorrow, you could go full-blown developmental game, take your lumps, in Brooklyn and just, you know, again, lick the wounds, come back and try to get after it on the home floor on Christmas and, and see if you can't somehow win, you know, four or five of the eight games uh, on, on the homestand to help keep yourself within striking distance of 500. And then hopefully Steph Curry's back after that and Steve Kerr can pare down the rotation again. You're healthy in other areas with the veteran players and can kind of go away from the young players a little bit and try to maximize what the Warriors have to a point where they can, you know, make a little bit of a run, uh, you know, back into the playing portion of the playoff. And then, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, the hope would be to avoid uh, the play-in tournament. And with everything still mostly bunched up, as we look at the standings right now, uh, the Warriors a half game out of the play-in tournament, 
tonight, 15 and 17. They are only two and a half out of the six seed, which would be avoiding the play in tournament. And the Warriors right now four back of the four seed, which is currently the Pelicans in the Western Conference. So uh, still plenty of time. But at some point, the Warriors here are going to have to start uh, getting getting some wins uh, and, and moving forward here uh, once they get back home after tomorrow. That'll do it for me. Uh, quick turnaround as the Warriors are back in action tomorrow from Brooklyn. Uh, Damon and Ratto have Warriors live for you at 3.30 as the Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets tip at 4.30. And then I'll be back for Warriors wrap-up after the game uh, tomorrow night as well. So thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Again, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Ugly one tonight for the Warriors. Knicks win it 132-94, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 